Good morning and welcome again to Trinity Heights virtual service. Happy New Year everyone. I hope 2021 has got off to a good start for you personally, even if things have already been politically volatile at a national level. Given the violence and resulting deaths in the events of the past week, it's really important that we continue to pray as Kyra just did for the nation, for our leaders, and for unity and understanding, the kind of understanding that actually leads to reconciliation. The Apostle Paul describes the church as having a ministry of reconciliation. He says that we are ministers of reconciliation. In other words, it's our role to bring people together. It's our role to be that bridge where people can meet and and learn to trust each other again, or maybe for the first time. With this in mind, as I look to the year ahead, I'm excited for us corporately as a church body, because if all goes well later on this year, we'll be able to meet again in person and together effectively relaunch, replant, whatever you want to call it, we will restart in-person church together. Now, as I've shared before, in one sense, that's quite a daunting task, but I think church planting always feels that way. But in many ways, it doesn't feel nearly as daunting as when Julia and I first got to New York City, because when we first got here, we didn't even know anyone. Now we have friends here who understand the vision. And so, yes, it's daunting, but at the same time, I also find myself really energized by the prospect of Trinity Heights 2.0, as it were. So, over the course of this year, we'll be meeting to talk about and pray about the future of our congregation. And so we'll be having some led discussions and prayer meetings, and we'll let you know when those are coming up. But I want to invite you now, even before we start any formal discussion, to start praying for the church and to begin to pray about how you personally can be involved in the relaunch. It's going to be a team effort. And it's going to take your heart, your energy, your gifts and skills, which will make this new work a success. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to begin reflecting on several key texts written by the Apostle John, which from the start, when we first launched Trinity Heights, have been operating in the background and have shaped our lives together and given us a set of core values that express the kind of congregation that we are and the kind of congregation that we aspire to be. Among these key texts, we'll be looking at John chapter one, which will lead us into a reflection on the incarnation uh, as we think about what it means to build bridges between people and between the church and culture. We'll also be looking at John chapter 17, Christ's new command, love one another, love one another as I have loved you. As we think about what it takes to have real unity and real diversity at the same time in the body of Christ. And then we'll be considering that incredible scene in the book of Revelation where John sees every tribe and language and nation standing before the throne of God as we reflect on what it means to be connected to and be concerned for the global church. So you can see how everything we're going to be thinking about in the coming weeks is directly related to and has direct implications for everything that's just gone on this past week and, of course, this past year. All that's to come. We'll start that in a couple of weeks.
But this week and next week, we're going to be hearing from our friend Chris Lawrence, who most of you know well. Uh, he's been pastoring a church in East Harlem for many years. Uh, Chris is an amazing community organizer who, among other things, has helped to organize some huge street parties which have been attended by hundreds of people. He's also been working on creating affordable housing opportunities in the neighborhood. He's an expert bridge builder. I've always enjoyed hearing from Chris and continue to learn a lot from him. So today is Epiphany Sunday and following the church calendar, here is Chris to explain what that means. Take you back to 1968, many of you weren't even born then. Uh, 53 years ago, Apollo 8 went to the dark side of the moon. It was the furthest that any human had traveled to, the furthest from home anyone had ever been. And the astronauts all agreed that the most astonishing and life-changing moment was seeing Earth rise. You have heard of obviously sunrise. Well, this was their first seeing Earth rise as they looped back and around the moon. It was seeing their own blue, green, white planet rising above the dry, colorless wasteland of the moon. They saw for the first time the real beauty of their planet, their home planet, Earth. They said it was like seeing for the first time. There was a stark comparison between that planet Earth hanging there in the darkness, but scintillatingly beautiful above the grayness, the drabness of the moon's surface. It made them see their world as if for the first time in a new way. Now, this is the epiphany season, the season that we as a church, remember the three wise men, the Magi, and of course we all remember them from childhood as the three kings. And they went on the longest, most dangerous journey of their lives, much as did the three astronauts on Apollo 8. They went on a journey following a star, and like the astronauts, these three travellers, these Magi, because they took that journey, they saw their world as if for the first time. They saw their reality through a new perspective, and it changed them forever. Let me explain. They went all the way to Palestine, an uninteresting place on the geopolitical map of their day. So they went to the only place of significance in that whole country, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, after all, was when uh, the palace is where the palace was and where they were hunting for a newborn king so it made a lot of sense they knew the rules the conventions the normal protocols common sense processes where to find people of power the priests the herods the caesars and why should this newborn king be any different but they were rerouted they, they were redirected to bethlehem and although eight miles may not seem like a big deal, the journey they made from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, which is eight miles up into the mountains, it changed everything for them. And their whole perspective was shifted around. The three magi arrived at a stable where a baby was not in a royal bedroom, but in a common space, a place that was an improvised bedroom accessible to all, even animals, it smelled of the earth and probably the trash of the street. So what was written in the stars and predicted by the prophets was not something 
that could be found in the obvious places where big news takes place. God is not simply pressing repeat on another year where power is exercised in conventional ways and often at the expense of the weak. God is rewriting this story of how the world is. The three magi delivered their supplies, they left their gold, frankincense and myrrh, and, listen, went home by a different road. They were warned in a dream not to travel back the way they had come, which was via Jerusalem. Their lives were being rerouted without the familiar landmarks, with none of the obvious trappings of power and prestige. And as these three travellers, the Magi, shuffle off to head home by another way, it leaves us, it leaves me at least, with a question hanging in the air. Will you and will I wake up to an earthrise moment? Would you let uh, the threat of a new perspective upset your familiar way of seeing the world? I think it's about having a preview of a new power unleashed in the world. This newborn infant, scarcely more than a few minutes old, whom these travellers saw when they stooped low enough to get into a stable. It was the promise of new power unleashed into a tired world. This baby will grow up from the back streets of a forgotten corner of the Roman Empire to contradict pretty much all that we assume to be true about the world. Born in the least safe, least hygienic conditions, unprotected. That's a contradiction of the familiar world we know about where if you have the resources, you use them to shield yourself and fight for your own rights at all costs. Running scared for their lives as refugees, escaping from the murderous intentions of Herod who wanted to commit genocide. Jesus takes his first steps as an infant on the continent of Africa in Egypt. These are his earliest memories. In every way from his birth onwards, Jesus contradicts the familiar world where might is right, where violence is the method to get the job done. Jesus is a contradiction to any perspective where poor people just have to accept their place at the bottom of the pile. From this discovery of the baby in a manger, if we stoop, if we bend low enough to enter that stable, then we see a new power unleashed in our world, like, like an earthrise moment. And what it does is it shifts our perspectives forever. If we trust ourselves to this Jesus, it contradicts the tired world we're so used to seeing in a world run from palaces, military garrisons, and from cities with walls that basically keep people out. Three travellers got a preview. Three intrepid entrepreneurs, stargazers, looking at the night sky when... Most of us were asleep. Three travellers who were risk-takers, following a hunch. They got to be blessed with a preview of what strange new force is at work in the tired world they have hitherto navigated with so much ease. They grasped that an alternative reality was being born in a manger. Jesus, the one whom we claim is the newborn king of an upside-down kingdom, 
God's new saving power unleashed, awaiting us to bend low and receive it as the truer perspective. So can you and I live by this? Dare we trust ourselves to this Christ? The sheer simplicity and vulnerability of a Bethlehem stable, a shack and an animal's eating trough. It's an extraordinary life-changing vision of how God loves us and this world and enters through the back door from the margins. So listen to Psalm 72. Uh, it's from an ancient Hebrew songbook. It was a source, a source for clues about this alternative reality for those with the intrepid, adventurous, visionary heart to unearth them. May your king defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy. Blessed God, Israel's God, the only one wonder-working God. Blessed always his blazing glory, all earth brims with his glory. Yes, and yes, and yes. Kings remote and legendary will pay homage. Kings rich and resplendent will turn over their wealth. All kings will fall down and worship because he rescues the poor at the first sign of need, the destitute who have run out of luck. He opens a place in his heart for the down and out. He restores the wretched of the earth. He frees them from tyranny and torture. When they bleed, he bleeds. When they die, he dies. Blessed God, Israel's God, the one and only wonder-working God. Blessed always his blazing glory. All earth brims with his glory. Yes and yes and yes. Who is advocate? Who is liberator for the least and last and most forgotten around us? The people who neither care nor perhaps even realise that Christmas has just happened. Who will stand up for them? Who is the saviour that this world really needs right now? As we start a new year, are you and I going to do this risky, counterintuitive thing? Are we going to reset our coordinates by the Bethlehem star and bow at the manger of this strange newborn king? It's a wild hope. It's a risk to pledge your allegiance and bow at the manger. It will point you in a new direction. It will stay with you if you let this moment get to you. The story goes that the three magi left all their earthly riches to take away a new way of seeing, a new loyalty. And it's a deep memory that we hold to as part of the Christian community, that God is not abandoning his people, that God has rescued the poor, is rescuing the poor even today, that Jesus is not feeble, that he cannot save, that the Christ of the manger is actually in control of the levers of power in the universe. I want to close with these words from a song written by my friend Doug Gay. Take me home by another way. Take me back where I came from, with the knowledge that I have been changed by the child I looked upon. Take me on by a different road, even if it's hard and long, with a new intention in my heart and a new direction home. Take me home with a broken heart as I learn to count the cost of the gods I used to bow down to. 
of the things I've loved and lost. Take me home to another life, like someone who's been reborn, who awakes to find a different world and to sing a different song. Take me home by another way. I am captured by the sign of the star which stopped at Bethlehem. I believe this light is mine. There's no power in this world fueled by violence or hate. There's no weapon that can kill this hope. It will always rise again. He is born to save our sins. He is born to hold our fears. He is born to break King Herod's power and to dry all Rachel's tears. Bring your gold and let it shine. Open up your precious myrrh. Let creation breathe this incense in. Our Emmanuel is here. So God bless your eyes with a new way of seeing this world of ours. God bless you with the openness to receive this vision of the Christ child. And may you, may I never be the same again. Amen. Thanks again, Chris, for sharing with us this morning. We, we always enjoy your insights and we're, we're grateful for you. Well, this is a new year, and as such, it's a good opportunity to join one of our community groups. We have three groups currently, which will be starting up again in the next uh, week or two, and they meet on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, I've really enjoyed the discussions that we have in our community group last, last semester. We had some great conversations, and it was just really good to get to know people better. It's important that you know that all of our groups have people in them who are at very different stages in their own spiritual journeys. We have people in those groups who are uh, perhaps longtime Christians. We have other people in those groups who are very skeptical or perhaps exploring the Christian faith for the very first time. So these groups really are open to everybody and anybody. So if you're interested in joining one of these groups, uh, click on the link that uh, came in the email you received this morning and we'll help you get connected. Now I invite you to please join us after the service for our Zoom uh, church, after church Zoom coffee. And uh, let me uh, frame this new year with these ancient words. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.